Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel. Happy New Year. This is the first live program that we've had for 2019. So... Yes, hello. We're back and it's all all happening. And uh, to kick off uh, the year, we're going to have a yarn with uh, Lisa Rose, who is the Festival Director for Queer Screen in the upcoming Mardi Gras Festival in Sydney. Yes, hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. Um, I was going through the... uh, the program for Queer Screen, it is actually quite magnificent. Can you tell me a little bit about the programming process? About the process? Yeah, sure. So uh, we uh, have two festivals a year. We have a smaller festival in September that has um, about 15 sessions called Queer Screen Film Fest. And then this is our main event that we do every year. This will be our 26th edition of the Mardi Gras Film Festival. Uh, This particular... um, Festival has 120 films um, across 70 sessions. That's great. And we've got a bunch of different events and various other uh, panels and uh, festival guests and parties and things like that. And so basically the process of, of curating it takes probably about nine months um, each year and it all involves just finding films from all over the world to show a diverse range of the LGBTIQ experience. So you've got a you've got a uh, a group it's a programming committee, correct? Uh yeah, so well the the buck stops with me, um but what we what we do is um I have a group of people who um watch films for me um that uh, I'll send them films to watch to get second opinions on and things like that. Um and then some things I'll just see myself uh and program. Oh, so what? So let me stop you there um, because it's a really uh, great program and the reason why I say that is that it's got a lot of depth. So we've got, Mm -hmm. uh, you've got features, you've got documentaries, you've got uh, special programs which are uh, little packages that are looking specifically at particular areas like Mm -hmm. uh, LGBTIQ, uh, feminist, um, gay, gay. a whole range of different types of uh, uh, groups of people who mm-hmm. are, yep. are being catered for. Uh, so you're obviously, and you've got the this wonderful array of features that do come from right across the world. So what I'm getting at is, do you get a lot of programs from different places? Or, I mean, yeah. I know that this is one of the top 
biggest uh, queer film festivals in the world. So obviously there must be others. Yeah, no, there is. And um, so what we do is uh, the internet has really changed the way that uh, programming kind of happens for a lot of festivals. So we kind of scour the scour the globe looking at all of the um, the big mainstream festivals like Sundance and Venice and Berlin and Cannes and try and find films from there that um, will work for our audience. Uh, we also look at all the, the major other LGBTIQ um, film festivals all over the world. So um, probably one of the biggest ones is Frameline, which is in San Francisco, and I um, am lucky enough to often get to go to Frameline each year, which... Um, which is really useful to be able to watch films with an audience and make connections with other programmers um, and filmmakers in the community there. And then there's a big one in, in LA called Outfest. There's a huge one in London called BFI Slayer. Um, there's really big ones in Brazil. There's uh, some really huge ones in um, all over Europe as well. So there's there's and there's some big ones in Asia as well. So there's festivals all over the world, and we just basically go through and look at their program and see what films we want to um, solicit to watch. And then, then we watch as many as we can. We watched over 900 films for this festival. Wow. Um, and then selected, <laughs> um, obviously, 120. That's amazing. That's an extraordinary amount. And is, I, yeah. I was looking at your uh, a bio, um, which is uh, really interesting. And one of the in- most interesting elements was... Uh, uh, as a person who used to work for Blockbuster Video, you actually, yeah, you actually created uh, were the first person to create a whole section that gay within uh, Blockbuster stores that offered uh, gay and uh, uh, general, albeit uh, yeah, which means that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and have you found that actually now that people are becoming more uh, uh, relaxed? in the mainstream about people's sexuality that actually there had this burgeoning uh, increase in uh, uh, product over the time? Because like you said, 26 years is a long time, really. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Big changes? Like, absolutely. Like the, the, the quantity of um, LGBTIQ films that are getting made now um, from shorts to features uh, is so much greater than it was when we would have started 26 years ago. Um, there are so many more films that are making it to the mainstream, um, which is great. It's really great that stuff is, stuff is doing that. A lot of the time, the stuff that's making it to the mainstream, though, is, is not particularly diverse. Um, or it may not be being made by people from our community. Um, there's there's always still a need for a festival like ours. I can't see that there wouldn't be uh, because also there's uh, there's a different experience watching an LGBTIQ film with a queer audience. It's a very different experience. Um, where, for instance, showing um, the film The Favourite in this festival, yeah, um, which obviously is in cinemas now, yeah. um, but we're showing it because we want that we want to give our community the experience of watching this completely outrageously witty and bawdy lesbian period comedy with a community that gets it. Um, I watched it myself uh, recently uh, at a just at a mainstream cinema, and yeah. um, there's probably about a hundred people there, and I reckon only about a third of the audience actually got it. Um, <laughs> the fact that it's so incredibly queer, yeah, uh, and so it's going to be a really great experience to be watching that. Um, with an audience of queer people, I think uh, I think they'll everyone will be getting it and everyone will be laughing. In fact, there's a couple of films that are have had uh, mainstream theatrical releases. Uh, the Coming Out Ball was one. Yes. 
Yep, which is a lovely film. And it is a lovely film. Yes, and uh, and a local Melbourne film for people who are interested. And uh, also, uh, what's the one with... Um, uh, McCarthy? Uh, yeah, what's it called? It's yeah, called... Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah, Can You Ever Forgive Me? I was trying to find yeah. my notes, yeah. So... Yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because that film, um, it's a fantastic film and it's a film that touches on something that I think um, is really lacking in in any sort of media that we have um, for the, about LGBTIQ people is the fact that we, we rarely see uh, films or television shows that, that focus on friendships between lesbians and gay men. Yeah, um, and that's what this, that film focuses on, uh, and I think it's really important for us to to showcase that because it's, it's such a rare spotlight, and it's not a rare spotlight in the world. Like I'm a lesbian, and I have so many close relationships with gay men, and um, I always find it refreshing when I finally get to see something on screen that reflects that. Yeah, in fact, the program is uh, broadening. Uh, the range of elements that are included in the discussion. So, for example, and you've got main, uh, very popular, uh, well-known actors like David Tennant in one of the yes. films, for example. That's a very interesting... Uh, they're very well-known actors, those people in that yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. No, there is. Like, obviously, there's David Tennant. There's um, obviously all the, um, Emma Stone, who's in The Favourite, and Rachel Feist. And, um, and then there's, uh, there's also Matt Smith is in Maplethorpe. Um, oh, that's such a great film too. It is a great film play, playing Robert Mapplethorpe. It's quite, quite the the change from playing Prince Philip in The Crown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe of, not. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, and also Rupert Everett um, in The Happy yes. Prince. Yeah, um, which is a, a which is a um, a, a a passion film for him, right? Yeah, absolutely. so it's but that's he, really he fascinating. And and starred in it, and uh, it's been critically acclaimed that it really was the, the role that he was born to play. He's um, quite a startlingly good, good actor, Rupert Friend. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw him recently in um, uh, the uh, one about the women who... Uh, um, uh, the woman who leaves the child at the... Ha- uh, the Promise, where he plays oh, no. a part, yeah. where he's just a... Um, uh, a very up your nose kind of uh, uh, corporate man, and he's so completely different from uh, the previous roles that I've seen him in. So, right. In fact, you have to think to yourself, "Oh, you know, this is why people are actors." Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's great that there's this. Uh, uh, on the other hand, you've got films from people who are first filmmakers, first features. Uh, and you've got people who are making shorts that are expressing uh, particular notions about their lives. Yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, we have I think it's 66 short films, I think, um, in the program. Um, yeah, that's like a lot. It. That's a lot. And you've got particular programs for people to go and, and see, which is quite a fascinating because um, this is about actually supporting the community in the long term too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of emerging filmmakers um, get their start making short films, probably most of them do. Um, and then there's some that just like making them and they keep making them even uh, after they've made features. Um, but yeah, no, we have nine shorts packages. We have our um, My Queer Career, which is Australia's richest prize for LGBTIQ short films. Um, we've got nine films playing in that, three that are world premieres. Um, it's a fantastic um, and diverse 
range of films and the quality of the films this year was astronomical. We had over 60 entries, which I think is a record. Um, and so I highly recommend that people come and see that, if, particularly if they want to support the local community or if they... Um, if they like short films in general. Um, we've also got two new short packages this year. I think you touched on one of them earlier, which is our feminist shorts package. Um, I really wanted to do a package, a second package that focused on women, and I saw a couple of shorts um, that kind of went across the borders between um, sexuality and um, and just identity and feminism and various things, and I just thought that it, a feminist shorts package would be something that a lot of our community would identify with and could relate to. And there's just this one particular film that I just thought, I, I, I have to create this package just so I can play this one film, which is called Juck. Um, it's from Sweden, and it's uh, it's a very empowering, interesting, interesting film, and I'm really looking forward to seeing people... Um, see it on the big screen and what it does to them and how they leave the cinema after watching it. And we're also doing a um, a package called Queer Screen, which is uh, our inaugural kind of uh, horror thriller kind of package. <laughs> yeah. um, I personally do not like horror films. I don't understand why no, anyone some people wants to do. go to the cinema and get scared. That's not my idea of a good time. <laughs> but Did you get someone else people. to program that? I did. <laughs> I did. I said, I need you to look at these because I can't judge them because I'm too scared to open my eyeballs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, we had a few people who uh, watched a bunch of them um, to put that package together, and uh, I'm really excited about it. It's selling really well, so it should be a really fun night. I'll just remind the listeners that uh, they're on Showreel and uh, you're on 3CR, and we're talking to Lisa Rose about the uh, Mardi Gras Film Festival and uh, – it's the 26th this year, and it's going to be on at the 13th to the 28th of February. You have um, a uh, – it was very interesting to notice that uh, there's a, it's a very uh, alive um, kind of uh, – uh, festival or core group where you're not just uh, programming for the event during Mardi Gras, which is incredibly important, but you're actually spend a lot of time taking programs out, don't you, to other places? Yeah, we do. So we, um, we were lucky enough this year to get a grant from um, Create New South Wales to extend the range in which we travel um, the festival to after after we finish in Sydney. Um, so we're, we're going out to, um, to Canberra and uh, we call it our touring, um, touring the festival. So we go to Canberra, we go to the Blue Mountains. Um, we're going to uh, Newcastle in Katara um, and Lismore for the first time. Um, and we also um, take some to Western Sydney as well. So it's really exciting to be able to take um, a weekend of films to these these areas where the LGBTI community there are staff for content. Um, so we do it really as outreach um, to, just to try, to try and give that community something to, to come and enjoy together. And, and also, you, like you were saying, as a programmer, because it's a very alive kind of uh, emotional thing to create a program, uh, watching other people watching a film that you've chosen on purpose, are you constantly surprised at the kind of... Uh, responses you get? Yes, <laughs> very much. I mean, because it's really interesting. Everybody has their, you know, one person's Oscar winner is another person's piece of garbage. Yeah, no, it's, it's fabulous. Uh, it's, it's art. Art is a completely subjective thing. And so that's why it's really important 
to, um, I think, to when I program, to often get um, other people's opinions on things. And I can't just program films that I love and like uh, because uh, then it, it wouldn't be catering to everyone that, that we want to cater to. Um, I try and to get as diverse a range as I possibly can. I just try and make sure that the films that I'm programming are quality and um, interesting. Some of them can be quite challenging. Um, there's a film that we're playing, which is called Consequences, which is one of my absolute favourite films that I've seen this entire year. But I can imagine a few people are probably going to come to the film and, and not like it because it's very confronting. Um, it's about toxic masculinity and um, it's, it's, I, I sat there and I was very uncomfortable watching the film for a lot of the time that I was watching it, but the performances are so incredible. And the, It's the Slavic, isn't they, it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the spotlight that they give um, these teenagers uh, in Slovenia... Um, whether they're I just you know I've seen a lot of films about toxic masculinity and I feel like this one um, looks at it very much so with a queer bent and it does it in an incredibly thought provoking and, and visceral way and I can't wait for people to see it and I know some people aren't going to like it but I just think it's such an important film for people to see. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's always difficult when things are violent, but um, yeah. Uh, but actually looking at something square in the face is extremely important. It, it's uh, quite, a, quite a fascinating journey that you've done. I noticed also that as a, as a person who uh, was uh, involved in, um, you've, you've been on the board or whatever it's called, the committee or the mm-hmm. steering committee for uh, the festival for a long, t- for a, quite a while. Um, you one of the things that you are credited with is actually in, uh, increasing the lesbian content and the female board member uh, ratio. Was that a, uh, an important? I mean, it sounds like it was an important step, but why? Uh, it, it, what was that about? Can you tell me? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, a lot of the time in our community, a lot of stuff um, is is created and catered to a very certain demographic. Um, and I think sometimes people can get forgotten um, and a bit left behind. I mean, we live in a patriarchal society, like we can't deny that. Um, so it was something that was very important to me. And also credit to the previous Professor Richard Paul Struthers, who's now working at Frameline. Um, he was very passionate about increasing the diversity um, of the program, not only by increasing the number of films um, made by or for women, but also for the trans community, um, people of colour, uh, for for just different identities um, all over the world, really. Uh, I just think we need to reflect the society that we live in, and the society that we live in is very diverse. And so um, we obviously do that as, uh, you know, because it's important, but it's also like we can only program what gets made and we can also only program what the sales agents, distributors and filmmakers allow us to program. Like, we may want to film. It doesn't mean we actually can can screen it. So <laughs> You can't um, stand on the hills and yell out, make me a yeah. film about this. Yeah, exactly. And so when I first started um, at Quiz Being on the Board, uh, which I think was in 2012, I remember expressing to um, the Professor Roger at the time that I've always found it in, that it just catered to men and there wasn't enough stuff for women. But, you know, it, I was coming from a naive place and the fact that, well, pretty much every female film that was, that like, feature film that was getting made was getting screened. 
because that was all that was getting made. Uh, Whereas not enough men, being made. Hmm. You actually got to select. You actually got to, because you had so many films about men getting made, you could actually go, oh, well, I'm going to select this or this or this. And so because there were so few things about women being made, so much of it was getting programmed and then maybe the quality wasn't as good as what the men were watching and so it was creating these issues where women thought that the films were not great. But now so many more films are getting made about women and um, lesbians and bi women and, and queer women and trans women and the quality of them is so much greater. I, I see it improve every single year. Um, and so it means that the, the chances of you coming to see a film that you think is low quality or not going to like is... is definitely lower than it used to be a number of years ago. Um, but then also that's what a festival is. You're, you know, that's why I always try and encourage people to come and see multiple films um, because a festival is there to challenge you and entertain you and move you and create a sense of community. And so if you come and see five films, you're probably going to hate one. You're probably going to love two and like two other ones. So it's just any film festival that you go to, that's generally your experience. So um, that's what I try and bring to the audience here in Sydney. Yeah, well, I I was interested in the way the uh, website uh, works uh, in terms of how people can approach the program and when they're going to buy tickets, because we should get to the bread and butter of this, um, reminding people that the festival, the film, the uh, Mardi Gras Film Festival's on in Sydney 13th to the 28th of February 2019. So if you're in Sydney, go. But if you're in other parts of the country, if you're in Melbourne, you might want to get on a plane and go up there for this event. But um, the uh, you've broken it down into really interesting things. Like first, there's feminist focus on Latin America icons, retrospectives, and icons. I should mention that uh, there's some beautiful films about uh, uh, Hollywood, uh, the Montgomery Cliff film, yes. and the one about the. Uh, 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 lives and the sexual lives. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that sounds fascinating. It is. It's, re- it's really fascinating, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to people seeing it. It's, uh, Scotty Bowles is a very charismatic and interesting guy, and uh, he, you know, he wrote a book a few years ago that caused quite a bit of controversy because he was sort of um, outing a whole bunch of people from the golden era of Hollywood and spilling the beans on their sexual proclivities, and people have like sort of said, like, you shouldn't do this. These people have families that are still alive and et cetera, et cetera. And he's just like, well, it's all true. Like, it shouldn't hurt you. It's true. Like, there's nothing wrong with what and, they do. And he's 90. He's in his 90s. Yeah, he's in his 90s. You wouldn't think it. You'd think he would be in his early 70s. Yeah. Um, he's, very handsome he's a, fellow. He is a very handsome fellow, and he's very charismatic and interesting. And, of course, Montgomery Cliff, you know, arguably one of the best-looking people in the history of the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> has a, yeah, wonderful documentary that's made, um, partially made by his, uh, nephew, um, and that kind of, uh, I think it's a really fascinating one for anyone who is a fan of Montgomery Cliff or um, old Hollywood, but also any actors, because there's a lot of stuff that goes into his um, acting method. Yeah, it's called Making a Montgomery Cliff. That's that what it's called. One. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, so anyway, that that was an interesting thing. But then you also break it down into things like uh, bisexual men, bisexual women, gay, yep. intersex, lesbian, queer, transgender. Then you move on to type if you're particularly interested in film as opposed to identity. Um, yep. All features, documentary, narrative feature, uh, retrospectives and shorts. So um, people, do you find that your audiences are, you know, uh, 
there for identity or are they uh, people who are there for identity who are film lovers or, you know what I mean? Like do people come purely because these are great films because they are great films? Uh, Yeah, look, I mean, everyone's different. Like we find that there's a lot of people who come and um, I can kind of predict like what they're going to buy. But yeah, there'll be some people who only are really interested in trying to see themselves on screen because it's something that, you know, us as a queer community have been starved of for so much of our lives is seeing people we can identify um, with on screen. I mean, if you if you look at television, for instance, um, obviously there's more and more um, LGBTIQ characters that are, that are coming on um, shows every year. But then often what will happen is, um, you know, they might get killed off or something happens. That's right. It's always unhappy endings. Yes, yes. And it's like, you know, um, I think um, the heterosexual community take it for granted, the fact that, you know, that if some, you know, some straight man dies on a television show, they can just change the channel and there'll be like 100 billion other ones. But we don't have that um, as a community where we can um, have that privilege of being able to just choose, pick and choose what we want to watch and be able to find people. And so um, festivals, that's why festivals like ours are so important. And so many people will be, it's like the, it's their favourite thing to do in the Mardi Gras period because they'll be like, I get to finally see myself on screen or see people like me or, um, yeah, just getting to see... Um, queer people on screen so I think there's a lot of people who do that um, there's a lot of people who this, we're probably the only festival that they come, film festival that they come to but then there's also a lot of people who are film connoisseurs and um, who, who love film and um, and you know and we also know from our surveys that we get at least 10% of our audience identify as straight so there are people who come for a variety of reasons Thank you very much for talking to me and good luck I don't think you need it it's a great program Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for spending some time with us. No worries at all. Thanks for inviting me. We continue to honour Tana Minowate and Marboy Hina, and in doing so, we acknowledge all the achievements of our people against oppression. Join us to commemorate the two freedom fighters, Tana Minowate and Marboy Hina, on Sunday, 20th of January, midday to 1pm. Come to the ceremony at the Tanaminaway and Malboyina Monument, corner of Victoria and Franklin Streets, Melbourne. Bring flowers. After the ceremony, walk to the Queen Victoria Markets to their final resting place. So many of my people have fought and died for our country, for our environment and for each other. Honour all the Aboriginal people who have been killed for protecting their lands, their families, culture and way of life. We're not going to stay silent and we need all you fellas to stand with us in this fight for justice. If you can't be there in person, tune into 3CR midday to 1pm Sunday, 20th of January for a live broadcast of the ceremony. for human rights, indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. Yeah, things are happening all around us, even though it's only January 2019. That's the end of the program. Don't forget, Queer Screen 26 Mardi Gras 
Film Festival, Sydney, 13th to the 28th of February 2019, if you want to go to Sydney to go and see it. And uh, we're going to go out with uh, more of this diva uh, jungle. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.